Hey everyone, I'm Lisa. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to It Takes Two, the podcast where two people take two movies with the same plot or premise and watch and discuss them. That was very robotic. Um, oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, in another round of Disney remakes, it's Mulan versus Mulan. Yeah. The Mulanening. Um, can I just say straight off the bat, like we're doing these Disney remakes essentially... In the order of, you know, worst remake to best remake as chosen by, you know, ratings of people online, etc. Is that how we're doing it? Yeah. I didn't think this was as bad as I expected it to be. Uh, yeah. It's not a fantastic movie, but, like, I was expecting a disaster. I mean, the last one we watched was Pinocchio, which was awful. Yeah. Um, so I was thinking, oh, you know, I was literally dreading watching this because I hadn't seen the Mulan remake yet. Um, it's fine. It's fine. It's not good. It's not bad, but it's not good. It's, yeah. It... It's not as good as the original. By yeah. a long shot. Yeah. I... But, like, it's a decent movie. Yeah. It wouldn't stand on its own, though. If if, if it wasn't Mulan. If they just made, like, a, a generic, like, similar story. Because they're both... They're both based on the Ballad of Milan, yeah. which is a story about a female who, to protect her younger brother and her elderly father, basically goes and joins the army in, in the placement, sort of very similar to, um, for those who don't know, uh, uh, you know, the old uh, Hunger Games. Um, right, okay. I really didn't know where you were going with that. Yeah, and... Um, also similar to Monstrous Regiment, for anyone who's read that. <laughs> Do you know what that is? Uh, I'm assuming it's a Terry Pratchett book it is by a the Terry smirk Pratchett. on your face. It's a Terry Pratchett book about a young woman who pretends to be a man to go to war because her brother's already at war and she wants to find him and bring him back. And she and it's like for the first half of it, it's it's her trying to hide the fact that she's a woman, and then she finds out that her entire regiment are women pretending to be men so they can go to war. <laughs> Which it also reminds me of that bit in uh, Monty Python's The Life of Brian, right? Where right. they're like going to stone people to death, but no women are allowed, and everybody in the crowd is a woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um. What it made me think of is a book that I read. Um, I'm going to try and Google it. Was it Monstrous Regiment? No, it wasn't Monstrous Regiment. Um, <laughs> it's a good book, by the way. That's a, that's a standalone Discworld novel, as in the characters in it, like the main characters are only really in that one, because a lot of Discworld is, you know, the same characters appearing over and over again. So that's when you can read without reading any of the others. Uh, so there was... There was Two books I read as a young adult uh, by Tomoa Pierce. Um, what? The First Avenger? Is that what it was really called? What, The First Avenger? No, Adventure. Oh, First Avenger. Alana, The First Adventure. By song, songs, The Songs of the Lioness. Um... Yeah, it's about a about a girl who pretends to be a a boy, and and um, yeah. So she just runs. A, her and her brother forge, because uh, her brother's going to get trained as a knight, and she's supposed to go for like a house of waiting, and their brother their fathers are drunk, so they just like lie and change his 
forge his signature and change the paperwork so she can go be give a knight and he's like I can't remember I think he like goes and joins like a um what do you call it like a I think he's like a mage guild or something I don't know if there's magic in the setting but I think that's what he's gonna go do right become a wizard um it also reminds me of a character called Ari the Orphan Boy also known as Arya Stark in the Song of Ice and Fire series. <laughs> yeah, so there's a lot of... I think the Ballad of Mulan has done a lot of influence on a lot of people. Yeah. Um, it's... Like, the first, the animated movie, the original 2000... No, sorry, 1998 um, original movie is fun, and it's got some comedic timings. Uh, comedic timing that... Yeah, sorry, I had a mouth spasm. Um, <laughs> that still hold up today um i think i i I was gonna say controversial opinion i don't think this is controversial i think it's a very bold statement though and i said it while we were watching it there is a moment in the 1998 mulan movie that i still to this day think is one of the greatest moments in cinema history okay i think it is one of the greatest tonal shifts ever achieved and it is perfect um and it is when they're singing um, that they'll make a man out of me? No, not, not I'll make a man out of you. A Girl Worth Fighting For, which is a comedic song. Right. It's one of the comedy moments of the of the movie is they're singing this song about, like, you know, it's this ragtag group of, of soldiers who are who have no skill, essentially, and have been, you know, bonding together, and then they're going to go off and do some war, and they're, like, really playful about it. They're like, oh, yeah, we're just going to go do some fighting. And um, they sing this song called A Girl Worth Fighting For, where they're just, like, joking around about, like, you know, what they really want is to have, is to impress women. Yeah. And they're like, I only want to fight to be impressive to women, and then, you know, have them swooning over me, and, and you know, and they sing about what their ideal woman is, whatever. And it's very lighthearted, and then they suddenly stop mid-sentence when they come upon a totally raised village, like, yeah. completely burned to the ground, everyone is dead, they find the rest of the army slaughtered and there's no more singing for the rest of the movie. Yeah. Um, and it's just this shift in a movie that had been kind, you know, kind of lighthearted and kind, but still dealing with some darker themes or whatever. And then you just, it just like turns on a coin in the middle of a, of a comedic song Yeah. and just the music just cuts and the song just stops mid sentence. And then they just, it just goes to this bleak landscape. And they realize that the people that they were coming here to help have all been yeah. killed. They've yeah. just been slaughtered. Um, and I think it is legitimately just like the best tonal shift I've ever seen in a movie. I mean, I know there are other movies that have that have pretty good tonal shifts, but like it's just like from childhood it has stuck with me. Right. Um, and I still like when I just every now and then I just think about it. <laughs> I just think like Jesus, that was so. Well done. Um, and it's one of my favourite things about that whole movie, I think. Um, they don't... Uh, I don't think they quite do it in the in the, in the the live action. Because well, obviously there's no singing. But it's also, you know, kind of serious from the beginning to some extent. Right, yeah. But, um, um, yeah. You say it's serious, but... Um, it, there's... It's more serious from the beginning, yeah. I say. Yeah. Um, it's, it's interesting watching 
Because, like, there's, you know, going through any any article about it, like, the remake was, well, not the remake, but the reimagining, the live-action reimagining was, like, stuck in development hell. Yeah. The cast for it is insane. It's ridiculous. Like, everything, I can understand how it ended up not doing well, because it seemed to just constantly have problems yeah um it was in development hell for like almost a decade and then it the release kept cutting getting pushed back to the point that then it was you know the final the, the date they were going to release it and in the end was going to be march 2020 and surprise surprise we had a pandemic um and then there was like a whole load of different controversies around it as well yeah um also weird, I know that this is not really related to anything, but weird that um, a, a part of it not being successful was the COVID-19 pandemic and their lead actress is from Wuhan. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's just an odd coincidence. <laughs> it feels like a cursed production for like a whole number of reasons. Um, but it's, yeah, it's bizarre because it was supposed to be released in 2018. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then it was pushed back. I'll get. I'll go to my trivia notes for it. Um. Yes. Yeah, so it was the original release date was November twenty eighteen. Um. But they wanted to spend more time in production, which right. is a good reason to push something back. Um. And then it was going to be released in December twenty nineteen, but because Disney owns Star Wars and they wanted to release um Rise of Skywalker and they wanted that to be their prominent Christmas release, they pushed back. The release of Mulan till twenty twenty, because they were you know they thought Rise of Skywalker would be a more successful film. Yeah. Um, and then they did have their premiere in Hollywood on March 9th, twenty twenty, and then it was going to get a large theatrical release worldwide later in March twenty twenty. Oh, <laughs> and then there was a pandemic, so it got pushed back till September, and then a lot of places were still in lockdowns yeah. or had you know cinemas were still closed um so it didn't get a theatrical release in the states which is where the biggest audience would be um it did get a theatrical release in some countries where theaters had reopened but other than that it was released on disney plus and there was even a controversy around that because that was the first film that they decided to do like a you have to pay extra to watch this one film kind of release so people pushed back against that so it would have made less money for that um, and then also, I haven't even taken notes on this because it's ridiculous. I just have the Wikipedia open. Um, so the Wikipedia section for Mulan 2020 has an entire controversies section on it. <laughs> um, so first of all, they filmed a lot of it in, um, a part of China where human rights abuses were taking place. Oh, no. Um, uh, Xinjiang and... Um, yeah, the, like people wanted to boycott the movie based on that. Um, and then there was a lot of controversy around the fact that although the cast are largely people of or who are Chinese or of Chinese descent or are from other Asian countries, uh, there wasn't a lot of representation within the production team. Yeah, um, including, didn't notice that. Yeah, including their director who... Do you, do you did you recognize their director's name? Uh, Nikki something. Yeah, Nikki something. That's her name. 
Um, <laughs> do you know uh, Nikki Caro? Caro. Do you know what else she's directed? No. Well, her most famous film that she's directed is Whale Riders. She's from Wellington. Interesting. Um, <laughs> so she, yeah, so obviously not Chinese. Yeah. But, um, yeah, a lot of the, the crew were not, were not Chinese or of Chinese descent, and people uh, took issue with that. Um, people, there was a huge uproar when they announced that they were not going to have the character of Lee Shang in the movie. Yeah. Um, because, you know, that he's a love interest of, of Mulan and also her, her commanding officer. And, you know, he's a, he's a very important character in the original. Yeah. Um, the reason they removed him was in response to the Me Too movement. Because oh, they yeah, they okay. thought that it would look bad yeah, having it. her in a relationship with her commanding officer. Yeah. Um, and then people and the particularly the queer community were really upset that Li Shang was not gonna be included because that he's considered to be a bisexual icon. Yeah. Because he's clearly attracted to Milan as a man and then attracted to Milan as a woman. Yeah. Um so they had to like be like, No, 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 we have a different character who's gonna be her love interest. He's just like <laughs> <laughs> you know, one of her equals, and then the commanding officer is is on you know separate, um, but people still were not happy about it. And then the lead actress um made a Instagram post, I think, or some kind of social media post where she said that she supported the police in Hong Kong. Yeah. Um. So <laughs> uh, yeah, I did read that. I was like, oh no. And that was, I think, that was around the time the film was supposed to come out. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so there's a whole load of shit around it that made it, that, like, hindered it from doing well. And I think, you know, without all of that garbage, because I think it was, like, originally started, was originally supposed to start production in 2010 or something. Yeah, it was, yeah, so, a long time. And a lot of production hell before it even got to the point where it was being delayed from, for releases for multiple reasons. Um, none of it could have helped. And definitely didn't help the public opinion. So I think people, it was one of those movies that people were going to not like before it even came out. Yeah. Which is a shame because, um, you know, it could have been really good and it's not necessarily a bad film. Yeah. Um, it, so it's, it's, it's it, better it kept than shooting itself in the foot. It's better than The Great Wall, I can tell you that much. I haven't seen that and I don't that, want to. But it's awful. It's an awful movie. Um, the main difference to me. And this is this is what I took away from watching both those movies in a row, which we just did, is um, the you sort of have the same beats, you know. It's it's the uh, you know starting off, and you know the you know you get introduced to the characters, and then you realize that they're China's under attack from basically like this pseudo um, Mongolian you know, raiders, mm -hmm. and then, you know, goes to the decree, and then Mulan deciding to protect her father and her family, and going and joining the army, and then they have the, I'm going to make a man out of you montage, which is like the best part of the movie, and the bit that everyone remembers, because the mm -hmm. song's so catchy, and the light, like all the, all the imagery. Disappointed they didn't sing it, and the, they kept, they kept putting in the musical stings from different songs throughout yeah. it, but without yeah. playing the actual, or that you know having actual singing. Yeah, um, it was like the original's great because it's showing that like a woman can do what men can do, 
given the right motivation, the right dedication, which is really important these days with more um, females joining military service. Um, obviously, there's a lot of controversy about that. Uh, some of it justified, some of it not. And, um, you know, you go through this whole thing and before they get to, like you said, that, that moment of like, oh, yeah, we're going to be like, we're going to be heroes for China and blah, blah, blah. And then they realize, oh, shit, we're like undertrained and, you know, we're going to go fight somebody who's just like ruining, ruining the entire border. Mm-hmm. Um, the main difference to me, which I think I said out loud while we're watching the 2021, because as we as we've discussed in other episodes, we do the original and then the remake. Uh, which was really important to me when we came to the old boy episode. Yeah, yeah. Um, because that would have been terrible to watch the remake first. Um, it's the theatrical wushu stuff bugged the shit out of me. Mm. Um, it really bugged me in the Great Wall movie. Mm-hmm. But it bugged me in this because it was just like, oh, they can't just be like, an actual threat to China, like, based on historical stuff. No, they have to also have, like, demon magic helping them. And I was just like, like I said repetitively when we were watching the original, um, I'm like, why, why is he a vampire? Because he's got the pointy teeth <laughs> and the black eyes and he's got the, like, bird familiar mm-hmm. and seems to be, like, again, sort of, like, superhuman in a way. Um, and then when I was like, oh, cool, they're going to, like, make a, like, live action, like, this is going to be, like, brutal with, like, real decent martial arts in it, and I'm like, no, that's all wire work and, like, dudes running up, like, straight buildings and... Yeah, I don't understand that, but there is a, a lot of real martial arts. Yeah, yeah, like, don't get me wrong, those, they... those people work really hard. I'm not shitting on any way on the martial arts critic that goes into it, I'm just saying, like, it was unnecessary... Because um, they specifically looked for actors who had martial arts backgrounds, including yeah. the the woman who plays Mulan, um, because they wanted them to be able to to actually do martial arts and yeah. to be doing their own stunts um, in terms of of the fighting and things. Yeah, I think the biggest difference because you're talking about characters would be the emperor. Mm. Yeah, the emperor like, is quite different. Yeah, so the emperor and the um. In the in the original is just like some you know regular like I'm a royalty you know was handed down blah 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 I'm doing the best like it was really interesting having that like you know saying of him being like yeah but like we're losing territory yeah but what about people like yeah are people okay no they're getting slaughtered oh well we're gonna do something about the people getting slaughtered you know yeah. who cares about the gold going missing we can always dig up more or trade for more but like you know we're getting massacred, like, the people are getting suffering out there. So mm-hmm. that was good. But, yeah, having this, like, old man, you know, big, you know, long beard, you know, traditional Chinese stereotype of, like, ancient Chinese, you know, his, you know, uh, what's the word? Uh, mysticism, mm-hmm. sort of, like, I am the emperor, no one can touch me, no one yeah. can, you know, speak before me, and everyone has to bow and that sort of thing. And then it's like Jet Lee playing him in the yeah, other yeah, one. Yeah. And he can catch arrows in midair. <laughs> and I was just like, okay, there's a little bit of a difference here. Um, Jet Lee turned down the role, by the way. And then his daughters were like, you need to do this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were like, this movie is going to be important in terms of showing Chinese culture to wider audiences. Yeah. And- um, I, I also thought it was interesting hearing Danny, uh, Donnie Yen 
who's very famous within mm. the martial arts movie um, sort of genre. You say that like Jet Li isn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Jet Li, I think Jet Li's probably more famous in, if, in the West, where yeah. you could just point him out and be like, oh, that's Jet Li. Yeah. Um, and like Donnie Yen's movies are absolutely fantastic. Mm. Um, but I, again, like he didn't play, like you said, when getting rid of the, the character um, and like basically splitting him up into, you know, here's the commander, here's also like the guy that she's like rivalry, will they, won't they rivalry? Yeah. Um, didn't let him like unleash and like. I mean, he did when, when they first like were getting ready to train and he yeah. was like, you know, the I'll make a man ready you sequence, um, essentially, he just did some cool tricks. And I was like, I mean, I think this, he looks very cool doing this, but yeah. he's not actually training them. He's yeah. just like, he's showing like, off. this is what you'll do someday. And yeah. then just like showing off doing some, some cool martial arts shit where they're like, whoa, dude. Yeah. Uh, that Yeah. Like I said, like if you're going to have, really high-end martial artists mm -hmm. in your movie like let them do it like yeah. you know unleash the beast mm -hmm. um like i you know it, it was just yeah watching it going oh cool when when are they gonna have their moment oh they, they don't get one it's all you know and what what did you think of the martial arts in the animated one it's it's fine like because they did have for for um Li Shang and for Mulan, they did have um martial arts models. Yeah. One of which was Jackie Chan. Yeah. And the other was uh Gong Li, who plays the weird mystical witch lady in the remake. Right. Um. <laughs> it's, it's, I think um we're currently rewatching uh, in real life. We're currently rewatching Avatar. Rewatching. Well, sorry, for me, I'm rewatching. Well, I, I had seen some of the Original. last Airbender, but, yeah, I, yeah. but we're watching Korra at the moment, which yeah. I've never seen. Yeah. Um, and I hadn't seen past season one. Um, the the moment where she's, like, practicing her, her, like, form next to the water, my mind instantly was like, oh, the water's going to move? Because yeah, yeah. we've been watching so much Avatar that, like, <laughs> any time people are near water and doing martial arts, I'm assuming they're going to, like, start water moving. Bend. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's, again, because the, you know, spoilers, don't want any spoilers for the, the live-action uh, Netflix thing that's coming out soon. But then the more I hear about it, the less I want to watch it. Mm. So, you know, it's going to be interesting. We'll, we'll do the same thing we did with other shows, which will watch the pilot and be like, do you want to continue watching? Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll see. Yeah. But I think I think getting more more uh you know stories that are from uh foreign cultures into the zeitgeist of current media is is For foreign cultures he says to to americans you're a foreign culture yeah and that's why they listen to our podcast <laughs> you can find our website it takes two.co.nz it's in the footnotes um, um. What were you gonna say? Something? Uh, you just, I mean, just the different cultures. Yeah, like yeah, foreign yeah. culture is every like. Yeah, yeah. For yeah, you, I, American sitcoms are foreign culture. Like that's. I don't know. They're kind weird. of within the zeitgeist of our culture. But they're not. They're still foreign culture. You're taking in an a, yeah, cult, a culture from a foreign country true. by watching American shows. Um, which is always 
funny to me because I've just fallen to the same trap that I used to laugh at when I ever went looking through um, when I was heavily collecting DVDs and stuff Mm -hmm. because there's always like one foreign section that's got non-English titles in it. Yeah. But I'm like... Which of these movies were, other than Lord of the Rings and a couple of others, which others aren't foreign? Aren't foreign, yeah, because yeah. Because none of these are made <laughs> in New Zealand. Um, well, Mulan is. Yeah, so. some of it is, yeah. <laughs> and I, I, I can pick it out immediately. Yeah, yeah that was so funny, because on the, on the IMDb page, it says that there's only one scene that's filmed in New Zealand, but yeah. you were like, this is clearly New Zealand. Yeah. And then when I looked further into it, I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. there's a whole load of it. Like, it, I think, actually, the majority of it is filmed in Zealand. It's only, like, sequences that are in, like, villages and yeah. things are filmed in, you know, actual Chinese villages. Um, I think most of the just general outdoor scenes are, in fact, New yeah. Zealand. <laughs> Which it's, happens. It's, it's you watch like, an alien movie from the most from oh recent years God. and you have Milford Sand. Don't talk to me about Alien Covenant. <laughs> um, what an awful movie. Um, just... Again, like, it's, it does, so now, now that Alien Covenant is on my brain, it's, because there was a lot of controversy about that movie as well, because of the weird marketing system they did, looping it back to what you were saying earlier about, you know, delays and, mm. and development hell. Because uh, for those who don't know, um, you had to watch a bunch of, other media, I think they were released on YouTube. Yeah, there was like, was that, I think that was for Prometheus though, was it rather than no, Covenant? No, it was Covenant. I thought it was for Prometheus, because it no. was like James Franco stuff, and he dies like two minutes into, co- into yeah, Prometheus. Yeah, there's, co- there's Covenant. Wasn't that Prometheus? Yeah, Prometheus is the first one where they go to the... I know what Prometheus was, okay. but I thought James Franco was in Prometheus. No, he's it's in Covenant. Covenant. Yeah, he's I've the captain of the ship and literally... Combined them in my literally head. Literally dies in the first two seconds of the Yeah, movie. yeah, no, I remember that happening, but I thought it happened in Prometheus, not no. in Covenant. no. Um, like I, I like the first Alien, but I think James Cameron did a better job than Ridley Scott did. Um, <laughs> but yeah, again, like weird choices being made. Mm. Um, and it's it's a shame because like with the current controversy in regards to what's happening with uh, the, which I won't name, the former Mandalorian star. Mm. You know, just it's, you know. I was going to make a joke and say, Ming-Na Wen. Yeah. Who <laughs> also is in. <laughs> it's also like what happened with the, with the live-action Cowboy Bebop stuff. It's like, cool, you're a celebrity that doesn't make your opinion more valid than anybody else's. Mm. Like, just keep it to your... Like, if you're going to say something controversial, maybe think about it. Maybe write it down and then, like, leave it for a day and then go and read it and be like, mm, I don't want to read this. <laughs> Because she's currently suing and backed by the CEO of X. Just for clarification, it's not Ming No Wen. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not Ming No Wen. But who yeah. is in both Mulan movies. I yeah. like her. Yeah. But, yeah, weird. Don't like this other person. Yeah. Who is, who's, who remains nameless. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's, it's, it's a weird thing. Um, and it really, yeah, it, it can put off people from, you know, enjoying something that you worked other other people that's that's the thing that um Harris out brought up when I was talk when they were talking about um future movies that probably won't do well um and you know the the controversy around the Flash's star um 
And, you know, Patrick said, it's not fair because there's a lot of other people that put a lot of work in. Yeah. And they're the ones that are going to suffer, not the the main star of the movie. Yeah. And I hadn't even thought about that, like, out loud before. When I say out loud, I mean in my head, but, like, you know, actively thinking about it. Yeah. Um, there are a thousand thoughts that go through my brain every day that I tend to ignore. Um, and, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it can... Because, like, you imagine the people on the production team for a movie that's, you know, was, what did you say, 2010? Yeah, that this was, Mulan was originally supposed yeah. to be, yeah, I think yeah. it was 2010 it was originally. So there's, like, production team going through hell for 10 years to get a movie out. Um, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's a difficult, weird system that produces movies and it's like i've said it you know a hundred times and i'll say it a hundred times more you know everybody has access to technology these days well i say everybody i say people who are capable of listening to this podcast right now have the capability of doing stuff themselves you know there's a lot of complaints about um movies not being made for you and you know do it yourself you know you can get somebody who can put some words on paper or more likely on a keyboard mm -hmm. um, to write a script. You know, there'll be people out there who understand photography, um, which can do cinematography because the things are very, you know. I think this on. is about the fourth episode where you've just told people to go make their own movies. Yeah. It just <laughs> It's on my brain because, like, I have, because we, we both have friends who are, like, struggling, well, not struggling actors, but, like, actors struggling to find placement because jobbing you, actors yeah jobbing i think a lot of because i looked through the um past credits of several people on the mulan cast mm. and a lot of them are jobbing actors are people who are in single episodes of different things that have been doing it for 30 40 years yeah. um and are not household names by any manner of means you know um, but i did pick somebody out didn't i it was funny yeah that was funny <laughs> Uh, one of the one of the you know main group of the soldiers of the, of yeah, the Ling Ling is uh, Jimmy Wong who I watch weekly because he has a um, MTG uh, YouTube channel which I thought was hilarious uh, I was just like wait a second and then he's sitting, like I know him yeah yeah I'm <laughs> like no I'm gonna just gonna confirm yeah um, yeah that was weird. Um, I think they did a really good job, other than the criticism that I've pre-laid out. Mm -hmm. Like, I think it's, it's hard to say because I'm not one, but I think little girls need heroes they can relate to. Yeah. Not everybody can go, you know, see Son Goku and go, that's me. Or see right. Saitama and go, that's me. You know, that's a very boy thing to do. Mm -hmm. Just be like, oh, yeah, you know. Um, we've all, anybody who watched Dragon Ball Z, you know, pretended to power up and throw a Kamehameha around. Um, and I think it's, it's, it's interesting, but then at the same time, the weirdness that comes out because of like people standing up and saying, oh no, you know, your little blonde, blue-eyed, white girl can't dress up mo like Moana because it's it's cultural theft. And it's, it's, we're creating a system where it 
stops people from being able to enjoy things based on other people's bias. And I don't think that's fair on children mm-hmm. to be like, no, you're not allowed to do that because you have to have this guilt thing that inherited from us, the generation before you and the generation before you. And it's mm-hmm. just like, no, 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 let children be children. Don't. Yeah, I mean, I had a I had a Pocahontas dress as a kid. Yeah. Because uh, I thought she was badass. Yeah, she Cause is. Because I was not, because I think my parents, and I, my parents will remember this and they will feel upset about it probably. Um my parents went to the trouble of getting me for Christmas a um, a dress that I believe was um, Aurora from Sleeping Beauty. And I was like, I don't even like Sleeping Beauty and refused to wear it. And they, I think they had like gotten my uncle in the States to like <laughs> line up a, in a, a Disney v- shop because there, you couldn't get them in Ireland. Was that a video? Was it on video? Um... I don't think that, like, me getting dressed as a video... I don't think you've seen any video, but I, there I'm was... I'm sure I there have. Was there a, was a I'm... video, because my dad made me when I had calmed down and was and was nicer later on, because I think my mom was really upset about it. My dad did take video of where he got me to wear the dress and be like, see, it's fine, it's still a nice thing. Um, so that he could show my mom that, like, I did put it on. But at the time, I was, like, just totally dismissive of it. I was like, I don't care about this. Um, so I was not a kid who was into dresses at all. And I was not into most Disney princesses. But I thought Pocahontas was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, because she was, like, she was tough. And she stood up for herself. And she, like, wanted to be her own person. And stuff, yeah. You know? Um, and the, the, and that's what Mulan is yeah. as well. And, yeah, it's it's one of those stories that, you know, it's about female empowerment. It's about showing that, given, like I said, motivation, women are as as dedicated to their family and their country as as men who think that, you know, it's a masculine thing to go off and, and die for, for honour. Mm. Um, it's interesting to me the choices they made in the remake because obviously you have... A lot of magic and stuff that isn't in the original. I mean, there's magic in the original because there's, like, the ancestors yeah, and all this yeah. stuff. and Mushu. Um, there are things that happen in the remake that are, I'm that like, on the surface, you look at them and go, like, this is ridiculous. Why did you do this? But then, like, if you have watched the original Mulan enough and analyzed it and thought about, like, all the decisions that, that were made with, like, minor details in it, all or most, if not all, of the things that come across as kind of weird in the remake are taking little subtleties about the original and making them more obvious. Can you give us an example, please? Yeah, yeah. I can give you several examples. Good. So the whole weird magic shit, right? The, um, that she's using chi, and when she uses chi, she can do. she's basically got like avatar powers um yeah. not without the bending but you yeah. know what i mean like she she's able to be stronger and whatever yeah that's when the wushu the theatrical wushu yeah stuff comes yeah. Out. yeah and it's like why is this um and you have this opposing force where you know instead of just having like a hawk um they've got a, a woman who's a witch who can do all this magic stuff because she's got super powerful chi yeah um and including transforming into different creatures um and you have her and Mulan face off and uh, while Mulan is still pretending to be a man. And then she reveals to Mulan that, like, as you lie about who you are, when you're deceiving, you can't unleash 
your chi and she's like you clearly have powerful chi yeah and then you know Mulan reveals herself to be a woman and then she's able to unlock that yeah. when she's finally being truthful to herself and and doing that um in the original Mulan is performing at all times yeah so as Mulan before she before you know at the beginning of the movie when she's doing the matchmaker stuff and all that she is uncomfortable and um not able to do things properly because she's trying to perform and be this person that you know the expectations on her demand her to be yeah um which is not who she is. And that's what her whole, you know, I want song is about. It's about, it, it, you know, it's a reflection. It's about wanting to be seen for who she actually is. Yeah. As opposed to who she, who society wants her to be. Um, and she said, you know, when, when will my reflection show who I am inside? Um, when she goes to war, or when she goes off and takes her father's place, she's still performing. Um, she's taking Mushu's advice. She's watching the other guys. And she's trying to be what people expect a man to be. Yeah. And her defining moment where she shows off how powerful she is and how, how she can do this stuff is um, from the beginning of the movie, we see that she's intelligent and she's creative and she thinks laterally. Yeah. She puts all those things away when she's performing. Yeah. And it's when you get to the point where she's told to go home and then she looks at this thing, this task that they've been told to do that everyone thinks is impossible, which is... Um, using while wearing these heavy medallions on your arms, climb up to the top of this pole and remove an arrow. Yeah. Um, and it's when Mulan stops what she stops the performance and just goes and just becomes Mulan and is honest to herself about who she is and goes, no, I'm going to think laterally. Yeah. That's when she's able to achieve that, and when and then from that moment on, she's able to be strong. And even there's a parallel in battle where. You know, in that large battle in the original, um, it's Mulan. You know, they're they're all thinking straightforward and going, we got to shoot this thing at this person. And she's the one who thinks, no, there's another way to do this. Yeah. And it's something that no one else is thinking of because she's got a brain that works differently. She's, she's got this creative uh, mind that is not appreciated, that she's able to stop the, the, the people or the, the Huns who are coming at them. And in the remake, it's because she's you know, been true to herself and admitted who she is that she's able to unlock her chi and then defeat yeah. all these people. Um, and then the other... Via Avalanche, which is pretty yeah, badass. Both, both Ava- movies. Via Avalanche in both movies. Yeah. Um, and then the other example, which I pointed out when we were watching it, um, is because you you were like, what the hell? Is in, rather than having Mushu, she has every now and then there's a phoenix falling around because in, in the remake, the phoenix is the um, the family's... Uh, protector or whatever mm. um, she does see it I think once or twice but other than that it's kind of just there as symbolism and she's not seeing it and there's this moment when she's fighting um, body can head on that the phoenix rises up behind her and opens out its wings yeah. and she then is it's it's showing us in very obvious terms she is the phoenix. She is the protector. And then she is able to do, you know, the shit she needs to do to defeat him. And in the original, um, there's a whole... The reason she's got Mushu with her is because Mushu is supposed to wake up the great dragon, who is the protector of the family, and he can't wake him up. But the reason he can't wake him up is because Mulan is the dragon. And that is, like, the the fantastic sequence towards the beginning of the movie... 
um, you know, after she's brought dishonor on her family for, um, but you know, but at the matchmaker and then brought dishonor on her family by trying to stop her father from going to war, um, and she's worrying about her family and how to look after them, and she's sitting on the dragon statue. And then lightning strikes and she has that moment where she, you, without saying anything, you know she's decided what she's going to do. Yeah. And then throughout the whole, there's a whole montage sequence of her, you know, cutting her hair and getting her father's armor and all this. Every time the dragon's in it. The dragon's on the hilt of the sword, the dragon's on the, the handle of the doors that she opens. Every shot where she's doing something to become the protector of her family, the dragon is present. And, the, and it flashes between that and the stone dragon, and then the end of the sequence is the stone dragon's eyes lighting up, and then her grandmother waking up and realising that Mulan is gone. Yeah. Because the spirit of the dragon is in her, and mm. she is the protector of the family. Um, and it's fantastic sequence, and it's just so well done. But subtle enough that people don't realize that that's what's happening, yeah. and they think just Mushu broke the statue, so the dragon is gone. And it's like no, the dra- the Mushu couldn't wake up the dragon because the dragon was already in Mulan. Yeah. And in the remake, it's like here is the phoenix. He's in Mulan now, and it's like okay, I get it. But um, but I also understand why they made it less subtle because people don't appreciate it in <laughs> the original, especially if you're watching it once. You know, if you're if you if it's your first time watching Mulan you're not noticing that the symbolism there and the fact that she has taken on that role. Yeah. Um, it's a it's a subtlety that, like, when you watch it a few times, you're like, oh, my God, this is well done. Because the original film is well done. It's yeah. fantastic. I think it's a really great film. Um, but like that, there's a lot of subtleties in it that are underappreciated. <laughs> and in the remake, they have just, like... They're just like hitting yeah. you on the head with a hammer. Yeah, like like we said in the beginning, it's not a bad movie. It's just not a good movie. Yeah. It's yeah, like you said, like the love and craft that went into the original Disney movie yeah. is just a little bit better in every aspect. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 not bad. Like there are some worse ones, and they'll be coming up shortly, but. Yeah, one. Yeah, it's just it's just interesting. Like I understand when you're a monopoly like Disney is that you're trying to keep all your keep all your IPs very close to the chest. Mm-hmm. But it just it feels like you know some decisions were made out of oh yeah that'll make money, and that was like the last conscious thought put into it. Yeah, I think they did try. Like I think the people making the film. Were yeah, trying. yeah, yeah. You know, a Disney as a corporation is garbage, yeah. and I don't like it. But uh, we've sh- seen in the recent time that every production company is garbage. Yeah, that's true. Morally garbage. Well, every large, yeah, most, yeah, most large, yeah. A24, I think, is doing a good job. Also, they were the like one of the only production companies that were getting stuff made during the writer's strikes yeah. and the actor's strikes because they were ad- actually adhering to the... Yeah. The, you know, the, re- the requirements laid out by the people striking. Um, so they were able to, you know, apply and get their their works going because they were meeting all the conditions that they needed to. Yeah. Where the big studios are going, no, I need to be able to fly my private jet everywhere and I can't pay any actors. Yeah, I'm going to get the, <laughs> the council who are on our side because we pay so much money to cut down the trees that the... Uh, 
strikers are using for cover and then like then in the middle invest- of a california summer yeah and then just like the big controversy about it well technically they do cut them every year it's very interesting that they were asked to cut them several months earlier and cut them back more than yeah. they should be doing and was it funny that it was like watching interviews with like independent arborists mm-hmm. <laughs> like see if this was like tree law is yeah. fascinating yeah especially in the states it's i've seen a... a little bit of it here because people were talking about well, online about their landlords wanted to cut down pahutakawas and stuff like that it's interesting because like it um not here but in in, in the other city close by um Winery's council was rolled into Lower Hutt's council, mm-hmm. and because most of the council members were from Lower Hutt, they pretty much didn't give a crap about Wainu Amata, um, and they had a similar thing where their trees, which were obviously trimmed by professionals, not mm-hmm. saying the people who did trim them weren't professionals, I'm saying they were professionals that, like, part of their, like, ongoing... 12-year cycle would be paid by the council to go and trim all the trees so they didn't grow mm-hmm. into the power lines. And then, yeah, the difference, like, made social media and then the regular media of when the Lower Hutt City Council were like, oh, we're getting complaints that the trees haven't been trimmed. Let's just go, like, butcher the... So you like these nice streets, which, like, I appreciate because there's very few streets these days because we're so committed to space... Mm-hmm. and cramming as many houses onto a property area um, as possible. You don't get a lot of wide streets mm-hmm. um, that can accumulate parking on both sides, plus have two lanes, unlike a lot of Wellington where it's yeah. like, oh, cool, you've parked on both sides of the street. You cannot fit a normal car through <laughs> there anymore. You've like I'm, literally shut the road down. I still down. remember being on a bus that got stuck because someone parked on the opposite side of the street to all the other cars parked. Yeah. And the bus was like, well, <laughs> I can't get past these cars. Yeah. <laughs> it took me like an hour longer to get where I was going than, or something like that. It was ridiculous. Yeah, it is ridiculous. Um, where was I going? Trees. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, it can affect, um, like, just the physical, I was going to say vibe, but I guess it's the right word. The vibe of the neighborhood Mm -hmm. when you've got these beautiful trees and then you come home from work or whatever and then they're like... Gone. Well, not gone, but just like... They're like broccoli that you've got to cut the top off of. So you've only just got a stalk sticking out of the ground. You're like, what the hell happened here? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think think we're lucky in Wellington to have... um, so much green space. Yeah, it's even, because we're surrounded by hills and it's physically impossible to yeah, build houses. Yeah, but even even if, areas where it's not as hilly, you know, that there is yeah. that there is like dedicated green space. I I really appreciate it because yeah, there's a lot uh, of places in the world where that's not possible. A mutual friend was in in Wellington recently from from Ireland, and he was he was um, took him around Wellington for a couple of days, and he was just like, man, this is like so good because mm. you know from. If you're in Dublin and you're like, oh, cool, I'm going to go for like a bushwalk and go into like Yeah, there's no nature. such thing as a bushwalk yeah. in Dublin. Yeah, it's There are parks hours. though. There's parks around Dublin Yeah, um, that are quite nice, but nothing like here where there's just like, there's literally like, you, we, we can walk 
two I think two streets over in either direction and we're in bushland yeah. essentially like in little sections of it but still yeah yeah wouldn't change it for a world no and like, also I, you like if you walk like half an hour in in several directions you end up at the sea yeah, which is yeah. also nice <laughs> I think that there is a nice balance um yeah. here like you know obviously places like um you know, big, big cities are impressive when you come from an area where you're like, cool, there's a sea mm. on one side and there's the hills on the other with green on it. Like, to be, you know, sitting there and looking at 360 degrees, like, I've seen a little bit of it going to some of the coasts in Australia where you're like, oh, cool, there is just, like, silver in one direction and silver in the other direction and the sea there and then, like, nothing because, like, mm. you know, and suburbs I'll, and then desert. Well, not desert, but, like... A lot of our listeners will be... Are people who are living in landlocked spaces. Yeah. Where you have to drive for multiple days, potentially, to see the sea. Um, you should visit somewhere that's got sea. <laughs> yeah, I, I can see it from our balcony. <laughs> if, you, if you're able to. Yeah. Um, no, I appreciate that. It's, it's you know, tra- travelling that far is, is difficult sometimes, and, or expensive, depending on mode of transport. Mm. Um, yeah, I really appreciate it. Because I, you know, I have lived... The only place I ever lived that was landlocked, really, was Toronto, and that's on a big lake, so there's still, like, a body of water. Yeah. Um, I don't think, me personally, I don't think I could live somewhere that's totally landlocked. It would just freak me out. It would freak me out even just being somewhere when the only water around is a big lake. Yeah. Um, I like being near the sea. That's nice. It does make the, the weather a little bit more temperate as well. Yeah, true. Windy here in Wellington, but, <laughs> yeah, it's still temperate. Yeah. Um, even though the amount of times on this podcast I've complained about literally <laughs> melting, my brain melting. In it's not room. too bad today. I yeah. was, cause I was out and I'm wearing like quite a summery outfit and I went out and I was like, oh, we've got some strong southerlies today. Yeah, yeah. It is cold. Yeah. <laughs> the sun is shining, but it's cold. Yeah. Um, anyway, back to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a nice tangent there. Uh, you said you had like several pages of, of trivia. Yeah. Um, yeah. You, want to, you want to touch on some we stuff? Can. We can, yeah. yeah. Is nothing else you want to talk about, or, or you want to cycle back afterwards? To um, well, I'll, I'll interrupt, as usual, if, yeah. I, if I find any subjects that I can that spark some neurons together. Fair enough. Um, this is a bit I wanted to talk about, and uh, we definitely have listeners who can correct me on this information. Um, because this is something that was in IMDb trivia, and also I have seen in other places online before, I think in particular on Tumblr, being discussed. Um, so you will have noticed in the remake, um, they pronounce her last, her, well, her family name as Hua, mm. as opposed to Fa. Uh, that is the difference between the Cantonese and Mandarin pronunciations of her name. Okay. Um, so it should be pronounced Hua, I think, but in Cantonese it's pronounced Fa, so it should be Fa Mulan. Um, but uh, Hua means flower, and Ping, which is what she uses as her faith name in the animated version, um, Hua Ping means flower vase, uh, which is also a um, slang term used to describe an effeminate or gay man. Interesting. So, so essentially, the, <laughs> the joke is, allegedly, I don't know whether this is the intention of Disney or not in yeah. the original, but the interpretation, the, the, Potential interpretation is that the joke is um, when 
Li Shang asks her what her name is. She's like, my name is Gay Man. And he's like, oh, all right. Oh, okay. Um, and I think that was very funny. Uh, but obviously she goes by Hua Jun, I think, in the remake. Hua Jun. You don't, you've already forgotten. I wasn't really paying attention to... And I don't know what that means, anyway. So, irrelevant. Um, Jackie Chan, as I already mentioned, um, does the martial... He's the martial arts model for, for Li Shang. Uh, he also voices Li Shang in the Chinese release yep. of Mulan. Um, and because he's a successful singer in Asia, he did a music video of I'll Make a Man Out of You, which was quite popular. Um, Christina Aguilera... As we mentioned, yeah. is in the credits of both movies singing singing songs. So she sings a version of Reflection that's in the credits. Uh, but it was the um, first song that she released in the USA was her cover of Refle- or her version of Reflection. So the film Mulan is credited with launching Christina Aguilera's career. What? That, my mind is. Because so she did that before she did like Dirty. Yeah, yeah. So she, because she had been in the Mickey Mouse Club. That's right. So she was one of that that group. So she was already associated with Disney, and then her first like solo release was Reflection, um, and be, because the song was received so well, that's how she got a recording contract. Interesting. So she didn't have a recording contract before Mulan. Um, the voice of a generation. Harvey Fierstein, who comes up quite a lot in our in our podcast, yep. <laughs> we've mentioned him a few times. So he's in the original Mulan. Um, he plays Yao, and uh, he originally turned it down because he had really strong feelings about giving more opportunities in Hollywood to Asian actors, and he didn't want to play a Chinese character. Um, and he would only accept it when he had been assured by the producers that a, a lot of um, Asian actors are being cast in lead roles, yeah, which is accurate. Um, originally, the uh, the original concept was for a animated short called China Doll, which was about an oppressed Chinese girl who was whisked away by a British Prince Charming to live in the West and be happy. Um, Gross. <laughs> And then a consultant uh, at Disney, uh, who is Robert D. Sansucci. Um, I've probably butchered that name, but he suggested to them that they make a they make an adaptation of the song of Famulan, and um, they combined the two projects and ended up with the the movie that they made. Um, it's the only, this is a, a stupid way to phrase this, it's, this is the only Disney animated film to use the phrase cross-dresser. Of course it is, why else would they, where would they need to use it in other ones? But because they use the term cross-dresser, they almost had to change the rating of the movie to PG. Wow. <laughs> because they were like, you can't say cross-dresser in a kid's movie. I like how that implies that they were fine with like all of the murders that ha- like all of the deaths that happen in it. Can I point out something that I noticed? What the remake has like zero b- blood in it. Mm. It is the most violent movie where no one gets injured. Yeah. Um. I like I I you know it's it's something that came up in, in my in the thousands of thoughts I ignore per day mm-hmm. um, when we were watching Avatar and I was like oh yeah that's because it's like aimed at a kids show and it's like you know going through like some of the other stuff I've watched and I'm like no no, no you were just watching stuff that was like aimed at when you were watching it yeah um, and you know it's not like 
some of the stuff that's coming out now, which is like ultra violence. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I found it really weird. It was. Yeah. It was a little bit off-putting, honestly. Like, it, I, I noticed it, you know, when people were getting killed, and I was like, hang on a second, I don't think I've seen a single drop of blood in this entire movie. That's a weird choice they've made, but then again, I guess it's, like, helping their rating so that more people can see it. Yeah. Um, I'm going to skip down my list to a related fact from okay. the original. Um, I'm going to read this as it's written because I just think the phrasing of it is very funny. Mulan is, by far, the Disney character, hero or villain, with the highest body count ever. <laughs> <laughs> the production team had drawn 2,000 Hun soldiers during the Hun's attack sequence, along with 2,000 horses. Only six Huns survived the avalanche, and only one of them is killed later, uh, which makes Mulan's final body count 3,994. Um, not counting Shan Yu, who was technically killed by Mushu rather than Mulan herself. Um, she literally killed like almost four thousand. <laughs> was it in Ralph breaks the internet? What that she killed everyone? No, that like they go and one of the characters goes and speaks with all the Disney princesses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it isn't was Mulan? I don't think Mulan was Mulan. Mulan is in there, and she's speaking. She's she's voiced by um, Ming Na Wen still. And she speaks in. Which one would they take the piss out of and um, say they don't understand? Was Merida it... with oh, the so Scottish accent. Brave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, because I just assumed that it was like that moment where she was actually just speaking in her native tongue. Which no, makes no, no, way no. More sense. No, she's still speaking in I English. Just don't understand the, Sco- the Scottish accent. Thick Scottish accent. Yeah. Um, there is a, there is a fact that includes Merida from Brave in here, so we'll skip to that one next. There's so many, so many facts. I'm setting you up. Good segues. Um, so Mulan was the first Disney princess to not have a kiss in her movie. Um, but the others, um, that followed that are Merida from Brave and Moana from Moana. Uh, also Elsa, who's not technically counted as a Disney princess, but she also doesn't kiss anyone. But all three of those do not have love interests. So Mulan is the only Disney princess to have a love interest, but not kiss him. In the <laughs> Which is a fun, it's interesting. So she's, yeah, so she's the only pr- Disney princess to not kiss her love interest in, in all the movies. She's also one of two Disney princesses to wear pants. What was the other one? Jasmine in oh. Aladdin. I guess so, yeah. She does, she wears pants. But every other Disney princess wears skirts and dresses exclusively. Makes sense. Isn't that weird? But even on that fact, um, Mulan, like, for 90% of the movie, I think, or at least 80% of the movie, is wearing her training gear or her battle armor. Yeah. And yet in all promotional stuff and every Disney princess thing, she's wearing dresses. Weird. I... I'm going to segue here into one thing that I will take away that it was really good. The costumes in the 2020 movie are absolutely fantastic. Really good, yeah. Everything about it was great, Mm -hmm. except for, I think, personally, I think Mulan's outfit was a weird choice. Which one? When she emerges out of her, from a man to a woman, and all she does is just like take off the armor that protects her vital organs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and it did have like a moment of it was stifling her chi or something. I don't know. It yeah, yeah, it was like <laughs> it's like you didn't need to do this. So when you're when you're a caster in D and D and you're wearing armor and therefore you can't cast. Yeah, magic. that's true. You yeah. can't. That's true. But that is how it works in D and D. Why did she keep it on her thighs? I don't know. It was a weird. Well, I think the idea was that it would have been cut, right? So she took it off because it had been broken. But like, it still would have been better on her than broken than it was without having any armor. See, because what I thought happened was the, uh, what's it called? Uh, the bundle, not bundling. That's not the word. No, it's her, her like binding. Her underneath? binding, yeah, was what stops the. Because she's wearing like a leather pad. Plus yeah, yeah. Binding, so, thought... so the so the armor had been cut through, but the the binding stopped the the thing from actually killing her. Yeah. Um, I thought the binding was done really well. Yeah. Um, and even like there's a sequence where because she's obviously she's using I think leather to as as a binder like a strip of leather or something that was wrapped around her multiple times, um, and. You know, she volunteers for night watch so that she's not undressing at the same time as the men. Cause, which makes more sense than the original. They're all in one big tent, yeah. like sharing one sleeping space. Yeah. And they line up and go for showers together. And she's like, oh, shit. Um, and that makes more sense to me than how it's done in the original. But, um, yeah, so she volunteers to be the night guard so that then she, everyone's already asleep when she goes in. And she takes off this binder and, like, visibly is, like, so relieved from yeah. removing it. And I was like, yeah, that feels realistic. Yeah. That feels accurate. Yeah. Everything else everything else was really good, uh, costume-wise. Um, it's just, yeah, for some reason that her, her armor after she emerges... Mm-hmm. Back as who she's truly meant to be was yeah. just like I was like, okay, yeah, like, yeah. You could have just like had yeah, like make it a point of the fact that she tries to put her armor on but it's broken, mm-hmm. and have some sort of like V neck armor thing going on. Yeah, yeah. But instead, it was just like no, no, she's just gonna take the like armored top off, but still keep yeah. the pant part. And she's gonna take the armored top off right before she goes out and fights. Like the whole doesn't of, yeah, yeah yeah it was it was. Bizarre to me, that's all. Um, I really love laminated armor Mm -hmm. as a concept because obviously, for those who don't know, um, it was very cheap to produce. uh, So you could produce it on a large scale. Um, You weren't relying on singular pieces having really, really high purity um, because then if you've got a weak point in, uh, you know, a chest piece or a helmet, that's the, the point that it can break. Mm-hmm. Um, or not, you know, when you're, because they all start off as like reasonably flat pieces, mm-hmm. and then it's a special hammering technique where you have like basically inverted domes and you like hammer it so it all forms yep. to, to you know, a, a chest shape from being flat. And the same with the helmets. Um, so laminated armor, like the, like if you picture ancient Roman soldiers, you pitch a samurai, and again in this movie, the laminate armor is, is they're small pieces of metal that are like sewn next to each other, mm-hmm. and it is really effective because yeah. you're getting more protect. It doesn't matter if one piece breaks, you're still getting protection at like ninety five percent more. Obviously, if it's closer to where it's attached to the main out like main sort of harness point, you can get some you know damage. That way, but I really enjoyed the like costuming, um, and I think there was it was more 
less fantasy costuming than I was like than other again I'm bringing up that horrible movie like Great Wall like was less fantasy and more like based in some form of reality mm-hmm. I think Gladiator did a really good job obviously Lord of the Rings but that's like yeah. you know Lord of the Rings set the bar way too high <laughs> yeah um, the Weta did work on Mulan yeah which makes sense because it was you know, made in New Zealand, mostly. What I find really cool... Um, I don't think I've... Sh- oh, no, we did see some. The 3D-printed armour that's coming out. Mm. Uh, for those who don't know, obviously you understand... Most people understand how 3D printing works. It's either a UV-cured resin in a, in a vat or the other way is extruded material onto a flat surface. I don't think most people understand that, but okay. I think that's a I think that's a niche that you are in. So it's one of my special interests. <laughs> um, so there are two main types of like three D printing that are accessible. There are other types, um, including this new metal stuff and and uh, one carbon fiber that's coming out as well. Not obviously, you know, you wouldn't have that in your home because it'd be very expensive unless you're working in some sort of manufacturing side gig. Um, but the one that I found really interesting is they have it so it can be printed into like a mesh material. Yeah. And there are so many people who do cosplays of like yeah. some ridiculous stuff, like anything from like Monster Hunter, mm-hmm. um, that like, kind of, like, Even people who do like ran fairs and medieval yeah. things and stuff. Having seen like people make like... Because like if you were going to like say you were like, oh cool, I want to get into you know, ren fairs or, like, historical reenactment. It's, like, yeah. called the most investment you're going to do is making it into what you're going to be wearing on the day. Yeah. Versus being able to go, cool, here's somebody's STL that I'm going to pay, you know, a couple of bucks for, set up the material and be able to print your own self, like... like chainmail. Cha- not chainmail, but, like, um, um, scale mail and things like that. But, like, the fantasy stuff's crazy because it's, it's, like... Um, for the Monster Hunter, there's, there's like, because there's a huge, huge group of people that are super, like, as, and what was the movie, um, uh, about the orchestra conductor? Tar? Tar, and she ends up being the con- uh, conductor for the, for the live performances and music for Monster Hunter, and right. all the people are dressed in their Monster Hunter outfits, <laughs> um, which I thought was awesome. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, the stuff that people are making, because obviously it's not, and for those who don't know, Monster Hunter is a game where you kill monsters and then you use their skin to make yourself armor and weapons so you can go fight more monsters which are more powerful than the one you kill. So, obviously monsters aren't, like, large... Some of them are large, like, versions of, like, actual creatures and some of them are crazy dragons and stuff. So people being able to go out and make dragon-scaled armor and instead of having like regular like uh, human armor which would be all round and stuff it's like made out of like dragon skin it's really really cool sorry i've gone on a big tangent about one of my special interests haven't i yeah it's all right <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to do that but again my point being is that the attention to detail in the costumes in the remake were top notch to the point where i can rant about how good yeah. Costuming is where you see other movies and you're and just one, like, one of the only, God, it's awful. One of the two Oscar nominations they got was for costume design. Yeah, and, and they, I understand they, why. Yeah, they deserved <laughs> the nomination. But it's it's more recent, like Game of Thrones did a really good good 
job. Mm. And then the House of the Dragon, it looks like garbage. Yeah, I think, um, you know, with, with costume design, trying to make things that accurately work for a real time and place in history. Yeah. Um, and then also have it be, in so, to some degree, incorporating these fantasy elements um, is, you know, it's a big ask. Because obviously if you do a lot of research into the kind of stuff that was worn. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, I've seen complaints about the original Mulan, not about the movie itself, but about promotional material where she's wearing, um, I, I haven't looked this up, so I can't remember. I think it's that she wears yellow in some of the promotional material which in the era that it's set was a color reserved for the emperor and therefore she should not have been wearing it. Oh, interesting. Um, so people were like, what the hell are you doing? Putting it in the-? And she doesn't ever wear it in the film, but like people were upset about it. And it's, you know, the fact that there are people who know, you know, and the fact that these are real, it's a real time and a real place that this yeah. legend happened, uh, or, you know, or is, is based in, um, that there will be people who will be, pretty upset if you get things wrong about it and so you've got to be you know as on point as possible making these these costumes making them accurate to the period to the place to the materials that were available to what was popular to the colors that were used to the you know the kinds of dyes that they had things like that and then but then also realizing that you're making you know this this film that's supposed to be a blockbuster it's supposed to be on you know on big screens and seen by people around the world and it has to look really appealing as well um it's quite a lot to consider with things like that and i think that you know lord of the rings is a great example of that because obviously it's not set in a specific you know time and place that's real but it's based on a lot of specific times and you know eras and 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 armies and things that yeah. they wanted to make it look like this could be real um, there was something I had a thought and then it just walked away while we were, while you were still talking. Yeah, that was me the whole time you were talking as well. Fair enough. Um, <laughs> costumes, I'm trying to just like backtrack in my brain and hit rewind on my mm-hmm. thoughts, but I, I no, I think it's gone. Okay. Um, do you want me to move on more trivia? Yeah. We've got so much trivia. Yeah. We're just going to spend an hour talking about trivia. Okay. I don't uh, think I could last another hour. <laughs> um... Going back to something we were just talking about before you went on your rant, uh, which is um, the fact that or that costume that you were describing is basically how she reveals herself to the men um, as being a woman. Yeah. Or had you just remembered what you were going to say? Yes, and then I can hold it in my brain and wait until you okay. finish with this truly. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, so in the original movie, the 1998 animated movie, um, she gets injured in that battle and it's when they're treating her injury they realise she's a woman. Yeah. In the 2020 remake, uh, she gets injured in the battle and then, or, and then she takes off the armour and then reveals herself to them herself as a woman. She, yeah. she just you know owns who she is and tells them. Um, in the Chinese legend oh, that yeah, it's based gonna, upon... Oh, you're going to say what I was going to say. Oh, well, am I? Yeah. Um, in the Ballad of Mulan. Yes, yeah, she succeeds in deceiving them and she yeah. never com- yeah. tells them she's a woman spends a, over a decade fighting and then returns home and then it's months after yeah. she's returned home some of the soldiers come looking for her because they you know they want to meet their 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 brother in arms yeah. and then are shocked to find out that she is actually a woman yeah so you were going to say the same thing that i was yeah say. that's yeah. hilarious yeah because this <laughs> is sort of like after their first battle oh i'm a by the way guys i'm actually a, a, a girl boss 
um, feminine power, and then save the save the emperor, save the day, save the cheerleader, um, save the world. Um, yeah, but the, the originals she just like fought for you know over a decade, and then just like came home and was just like cool. Back to being a lady again. <laughs> and everyone being like, hey, where's my brother? My brother that I, you know, shed blood, sweat and tears with? Oh, no, that's, the, that's, that's that her lady. over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what? Um, related in terms of it being about cross-dressing uh, is that, um, you know, although the plot of the film is about a woman dressing as a man, um, most of the male cast of the animated film... End up dressing like women. Well, are people who have dressed as women in other productions. Oh, interesting. Um, you know, so B.D. Wong uh, was in, um, I think, Madame Butterfly, where he dressed as a, as a woman. Um, um, Harvey Fierstein was played... Um, what's her name? The, 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 there's a character in Hairspray who famously is always played by a man even though she's a woman she's like the the lead character's mother oh john travolta so john travolta plays her in the in the the live action or yeah. in the sorry the film whereas yeah. uh, I think harvey put... harvey fierstein played her on broadway um it's eddie murphy in many films and then like there's a, a few other the guy who plays ling the guy who plays her father they all ap- appeared either as women or as men who dress as women in other in other films and other productions so I think that's funny. Also, Harvey Fierstein, one of the reasons we've mentioned before is in our previous cross-dressing episode. Yeah. <laughs> because he's in Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, uh, yeah, so I think that's that's funny. Um, here's one. Do you know how McDonald's used to have Szechuan sauce on there? No, don't talk about the stupid <laughs> Szechuan sauce thing. Do you know why they had Szechuan sauce? Racism? No, it was... A promotion for, for Mulan. Yeah. So, yeah, 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 but that was the original. The original. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know it's something. It's, Everybody it, who knows the meme knows that. Oh, really? I didn't yeah, know because that. It's I know the meme and I didn't know that. It's mentioned in the stupid episode of Rick and Morty. I haven't watched yeah. I don't watch that because yeah. it's a terrible show. Yeah. And no one should watch it because it's really bad. Um, and yeah, so I just thought that was funny because that's a. You've just annoyed dozens of people. The whole meme it? thing. <laughs> Um, okay, we'll go into we'll go into this one because this is your. There's no actual fact here. It's just discussing something that you wanted to discuss anyway, um, which is that Chan Yu's eyes are black and his iris is yellow. And he has a familiar and pointy teeth. <laughs> and it is never mentioned in the film or in any official release. They never explain why he has black black. He's a demon. Spera. He's a demon um, But the most. Um, yeah, apparently that like in there's a deleted scene where he's able to magically see through the eyes of his pet falcon, so there's like so he's a walk. Yeah, that's there's there's theories around that and that that's what it is, um, but people also have have looked at theories for that are more realistic. Uh, like there are apparently um diseases that can cause discoloration of the sclera and iris, and also, uh, there is a an elective procedural process called um, scleral tattooing, 
where you can t- inject tattoo ink into the whites of your eyes. Yeah, and it was like made popular by people in jail recently. Yeah, but it is. There are some cultures where that is uh, a cultural thing to do. Okay. But which does not include Mongolia or the Huns. Yeah. So <laughs> my, po- my point is, is he's literally got superpower. In the original movie, he's like superhuman, has a, owl, a hawk familiar or a falcon familiar. Yeah. Has like sharp, like um, canine teeth, mm-hmm. and always seems to be appearing at night. Has the ability to disappear and reappear. The guy's a vampire, I'm telling you. <laughs> Not the sparkly kind, the scary <laughs> kind. Can I talk about horses for a second? Of course. So Mulan's horse is a Fergana horse, which is a classical Chinese breed of horse. Yeah. And Shan Yu's horse is a Mongolian horse, so it's a, a small but very strong horse breed. There you go. Uh, also, Khan's hair. Khan is a black horse, mm-hmm. uh, which is representative of Yin, which is feminine, and Sh- um, Li Shang's horse is white, which is male Yang. So they're Yin and Yang. Yeah. The horse is cute, sweet, adorable. Um, <laughs> um, also, this movie was was largely made because the Disney animators wanted to get the support of the Chinese government, but that's not shocking. Um, because apparently Disney had funded a movie called Kundun, which I don't know anything about, but apparently, um, China hated Disney after it. (laughs) Um, so they were like, and that was in 97. So this is like the year later. The apology. Yeah. Yeah. So Mulan is an apology for some movie that made the Chinese government mad. Um, I'll tell you what's really bizarre. Do you know about the sequence in Iron Man? Which sequence in Iron Man? So I, in I know Iron... they cut things out of so Chinese So in Iron Man 2, there's... Oh, they added a sequence. There's a whole conversation that Tony Stark has with this Chinese inventor, like, yeah. equivalent of, like... Because there's, like, him meeting Elon Musk, I think, is in there as well. Yeah, but it's... it's um, well, no one knew he was crazy. Um, and... Yeah, we do. We all uh, do. Um, and... <laughs> Yeah, and apparently in the Chinese version of, like, Iron Man 2, they have, like, a 20-minute-long conversation that's part of the plot of the movie. <laughs> um, it's super this weird. It's Disney again. Yeah, it's Disney it's, being just weird. It's, it's you Disney know, when you... Stop. When you... No, it's... I can understand it. Mm-hmm. I can understand it from a business point of view because it makes a lot of sense when you're doing it from a business point of view yeah. to appeal to a market that is not getting yeah because your movies are going to end up if you're making movies what's, and your movies, what's ironic is i think the kung fu panda movies have been better received in china than either of these milan movies yeah because they're awesome <laughs> and even i can say that is there another one coming is that what i'm kung fu panda is there another kung fu panda movie coming maybe no. i think there might be that's um, exciting i like the kung fu panda movies um this is oh yeah i included this fact because um, I like I said, one of my favorite moments in the movie is um, in the original is the where they just stop singing mid sentence. April, baby. April for new Kung Fu Panda. Yeah. Ooh, exciting. Anyway, yeah. So they you know the music stops mid mid sentence and then yeah. they don't have any more singing for the rest of the movie. Um, it turns out it's not just the movie because Mulan was the last Disney animated feature film to contain musical like singing numbers musical numbers um until the princess and the frog in 2009 
So they went over a decade with no singing in movies after after Mulan, which is crazy to me because like so much classic Disney is, um, are, are they're all musicals. Yeah, they're all musicals, pretty much most of them, except for like you know the Rescuers movies, the Black Cauldron I think didn't not a musical. Well, anyway, the majority are musicals, um, and then they just went a decade without doing any musicals. Was that a choice? Yeah, apparently. I think so. Um, it was because of uh, a rise in popularity of action films. So Disney just... And then this, and then Mulan got some negative feedback. And so Disney were like, cool, we just won't do musicals for a while. That's dumb. It's a dumb decision. But again, yeah. they're a business. <laughs> but then again, I also... They don't care about you I do all. also really enjoy some of the movies that came out in that time. Yeah. You know, Atlantis... Um, oh, I don't know, The Emperor's New Groove does have... Oh, I guess I guess Brother Bear Emperor's New Groove mostly have, like, songs happening that aren't necessarily being sung by characters, you know what yeah. I mean? Um, but, like, you know, Treasure Planet as well is like that. Meet the, Meet the Robinsons is an underrated Disney movie, in my opinion. So those all came out in that period, so I don't know. Um... What else was in here? Because I've kind of skipped back and forth in this. I'm sorry, that's my fault. No, it's all right. It's fine. So I'm just getting um, really warm in here. Oh, this was a, 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 a... Oh, no, he's talking about it again. Uh. This is the one that I that I thought was interesting because it was something I hadn't noticed before, uh, which is in Honor to Us All, the song I sing at the beginning when she's getting ready to do the, go to the matchmaker and stuff. Um, one of the lines is... A girl can bring her family great honor in one way by striking a good match, uh, which obviously is in reference to you know getting married. But both of Mulan's victories involve lighting a, a fuse and setting fireworks off. So she brings honor to her family by striking a good match. <laughs> I mean, in can fairness, I, she actually uses Mushu in both cases. But can still. I point out that? The death sequence for the main bad guy in the original movie yeah. is way more brutal than oh, it is yeah. in the sequel, yeah, like the, yeah. the remake. Yeah. Because um, she she traps him. Also, the martial arts that she does with the fan is a real. That's a real yeah, yeah, yeah. martial art, which is cool. Um, but yeah, so she she disarms him and then uses his own sword to pin him to the roof, and he doesn't know what's going on, and then launches a firework at him, so he can't dodge it yep. and shoots him into a an entire tower filled with more fireworks yeah yeah and just explodes him yeah versus in the remake he tries to catch an arrow like they're doing all through the movie people mm-hmm. are just like catching arrows left right and center yeah and he's too and he's too injured and misses it yeah um i thought it was a really i think it was a really missed opportunity in that scene just a little bit of, like, my interpol- personal feelings. Because you have this lead-up, and spoilers, obviously. Um, you know, uh, he lands on the ground, and you think he's out for the count, and, like, the heroes have won. And Mulan unties Jet Li's hand, and he, like, on the ground fires a bolt out of his, or an arrow out of his um, short bow, his hunting bow, the Mongolian style, 
um, and Jet Li, because his hand's untied, is able to grab it. And then, like, without talking or discussing the fact that she was able to do this, just, like, chucks it in the air for Milan to, like, wushu kick it into him. <laughs> which I thought was really crazy, but that's not the bit I'm talking about. It's just like, hey, can you even do this? I don't know, let's just, you know... The one weapon we've got from a guy who's now, like, further away from us. Just, like... Yeah, just, like... And she just, like, fly kicks it into... But the thing that I would have liked to have seen, which would have been way better, in my opinion, is if the audience is showing the illusion that he also caught the arrow. So he, like, literally shows it in his hand. Yeah. And then the camera pans out and it's in his chest as well as in his hand. Right. Um, because obviously when Jet Li and the other characters do it through the movie, it's like re- they catch it quite near the tip. Yeah. So I would have liked like a moment of like he also caught it. But he caught it too far back. And then you zoom out and it's like the fletching, which is the, the feather part for yeah. those who don't know about arrow <laughs> arrows. <laughs> Um, is like really close to his hand. So you're gonna say arrow biology for a second there, and then I was like, that's not yeah. accurate. Yeah. Um, so that that, that would have been really cool. Yeah. That yeah. would have been a cool sequence. Thank you. I like that. Let's yeah. put that in the movie. Okay. Disney. Uh, hey, Disney, <laughs> can you re just rehash this one bit of the movie? What would happen is if you actually rang Disney, they would then backtrack you to where you would, and then lawyers would be knocking on a door within like 30 seconds of the call being connected. But anyway. Um, okay. <laughs> um, the lawyers will get you, folks. Yeah. So on to on to trivia about the remake because that was all just in my original oh, okay. tri- trivia. Um, so in the original, in the the montage sequence where she's getting ready to go to war, she she cuts off a bunch of her hair. Um, Which makes a, sense. Yeah. It doesn't make sense, and that's why it doesn't happen in the sequel, or in the remake. I mean, because it's quite common for men in China to, or at the, at the time quite common for men in China to have long hair yeah. so there's no reason for it because she even like ties it up in a in a bun like there was no reason for her to cut her hair yeah. she could have just had long hair and been a man Um. so in the remake they just don't do that because they consider it to be redundant because she can just have long hair uh, because it was very common in imperial China Um. They also uh, changed who the invaders are, because in the original there are Huns, um, who did not exist in the time period that it takes place. Just because it's fictional. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So they replace them with the Rura- Ruran, is that how it's yeah. pronounced? Ruran, yeah. uh, who lived in the time and place of the original story. Because oh. it makes more sense. Um, what? So... As men think about the Roman Empire, there is also the concept of the Mongolian Empire and why it is so interesting. Mm -hmm. The reason it's interesting is because of diet. And diet is the reason they were so effective against China. Um, They lived and died by their horses Uh, Most people had more than one. You needed more than one. Um, They were able able to basically eat cheese. And that was the reason they were so successful on the battlefield. This is like, for people who don't understand what I'm talking about, this is like coming out of completely... You you look confused. 
No, it's because it's lactose intolerance is in huge, huge, huge. Yeah, yeah really, but, really in abundance the, in 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 you know. Yeah. Eastern Asia. Yeah. So the reason because cheese does not the, the way they were making cheese from horse milk was stopping them from getting it was basically breaking down the lactose into sugar. Yeah. Um, and so it was digestible. Mm-hmm. So the reason that they had to build a wall to stop like the invasions coming was because they weren't able to move armies as effectively and quickly mm-hmm. that they were being attacked. So um, that's why the Great Wall of China exists because the armies had to be armies crawl on their bellies is mm-hmm. the old saying. So, and when you think about it, like if you had we'll make this easy and put it round numbers. If you have a thousand troops, mm-hmm. like a thousand people you deploy to go and fight somebody, you need three times that much for just logistics. Mm-hmm. So for every soldier, you need somebody who's going to do all the other stuff that they they can't do, yep. including transporting food places. Mm-hmm. So if you're talking about like trying to protect a border of a massive country, mm-hmm. from hit and run tactics of people who are literally living and dying on horseback, they were better archers, they had better bows, they had more maneuverability through areas of uh, terrain. They also carried their food with them because they could produce it. And then you're thinking about, like, what does Mulan eat in the beginning? Is she's eating porridge mm-hmm. on the live action with bacon and eggs, which I thought was really weird in a smiley face. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so, like, going back to the, the Rome thing, half your job as a Roman legionnaire, was just getting food for yourself. Yeah. Like, the other half was, like, marching to places and fighting, and the other half was literally making sure you had... Because you, you weren't given, like, flour. You were given just whole grain... Like, here's your grain budget for the month. Like, yeah. here's what you're getting paid in. And, like, human beings can't just, like... Eat grain. Eat grain. So you have to then... Have yeah. somebody carrying around a mill yeah. and then sit there for literal hours, like grinding your own thing down. Yeah. So if you're literally carrying pouches around, which I think, like, don't quote me on this, probably Google would have helped me at this point. Again, I'm in one of those little weird special interest areas in my brain um, because, you know, the, the concept of how food relates to warfare is absolutely fascinating to me. Mm-hmm. That's why you watch all those MLE videos. MLE. No, is that what they're called? I've just made up a thing. What are they called? Um, um, tasting history. No, the things where they where they. Oh, MRE. 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 Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, what did you say? MLE. I think. Yeah. I I just I don't remember. Mli. Mli. Um, yeah, the things where they eat, which yeah. the stuff that they had in war. Yeah, MRE videos to me are so fascinating. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's connected to this interest. Yeah, yeah. Um, Tasting history also is great, though. Shout out to Tasting History. Yeah. A, um, where was I going? Yeah, so being, a, I, I think they were like inside, I think they were like the milk was left inside some animal product, like a stomach, maybe. I, I don't I don't remember off the top of my head, um, and that's how what helped turn it into cheese and the fact that it was going to be constantly getting churned because they were like on horseback the entire time. Right. Um, so yeah, the the difference between trying to get you know ten thousand, a hundred thousand troops from one side of your country to the other side of the country, then relying on like you know ten thousand, a hundred thousand, whatever people following them just to mm-hmm. like make sure that they're 
everything worked versus an army of people who exclusively fought from range, going around, going around, you know, producing their own food wherever they went. That's why they were so effective and that's why China was afraid of them. That's why you get stories like this because they were literally so threatening. And it did bug me in both these movies that it's never brought up. But then again, that's just one of my special interests. Yeah, so. fair enough. Um, on, on the note, just because you mentioned The Great Wall of China, um, I, can I just say that I think that the guy at the beginning of the anime the movie is... Well, I know it became a meme, but I think he's, like, badass and underappreciated. Yeah. Because, like, the Huns essentially scale the Great Wall and are... Uh, this guy is surrounded with none of his... None of his... You know, the other guys are gone because yeah. where, where he runs for help, there's more Huns. Um, and he single-handedly stands up to... Um, Shan Yu and lights the beacons to let people know that they're under attack. Yeah. Um. When you know the the idea was to stop that from happening, so that guy like is he knows he's gonna die, but he's like, no, the last thing I'm gonna do is warn everyone else. The beacon is like Gondor calls for exactly, and he is fantastic and underappreciated. Uh, but yeah, also it's a meme. Now all of China knows you're here. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I do think he's underappreciated. Um. The what was I gonna say? Oh yeah, so apparently they had over a thousand candidates for the role in Milan. Um so That's they were lo- looking for someone who was Chinese or of Chinese descent, um, had skills in martial arts, could speak fluent English, and had the potential to be an international star. So that was their criteria. And that's how they ended up with Lady Hep. I think she was good in it. Yeah. I think she did a good job. Um also they gave her a sister in this adaptation. Because she has a younger brother in the Ballad of Milan. Exactly. In the original story, she has... A, 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 and different versions of the story, she has multiple siblings, a brother and a sister. Yeah. Um, and I think they still wanted to keep the impact from the original of it being that she's protecting her father, um, which way they haven't given a brother. Though in the original, they make a nod to that by having a dog called Little Brother. Yeah. Which is funny. Um, but yeah, but they thought it would add to a... a have like a broader emotional impact um by you know make her sacrifice more impactful that she's also caring for her her sister as well as her parents um which i think was one of the good creator choices in the hunger Games series but that's completely unrelated fair enough the the reason they got rid of mushu is because he um was not received well in china and yeah, it's also racist yeah um, and for those who don't know there's a big controversy about um, anybody, any people of colour um, playing main characters, they spend majority of the Disney movie as animals. True, true. Um, that has happened quite a lot. But I think mainly in the animated movies. Yeah, they, haven't, they haven't adapted any yet, have they? Where they turn into... Like what? Like Soul? Or no, Princess like, and the Frog? Like, like Emperor's New Groove? Yeah. Uh, Brother Bear? Bear? Yeah. Um, Brother Bear in live action would be confusing as hell. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you just I love Brother Bear though. Because well, it's like I mean uh, we are you know there are live action in quotes Disney movies that people refer to as live action that are fully CGI. Yeah. Um, I think it would be like that. I think they they would have to have humans playing humans in, like live, um, but then all the bear stuff would just be CGI. I think it would be too expensive. I think it would, yeah, I think it would be pretty expensive. I don't think it would be more expensive than movies they've already done. Um, oh, sorry, but... I, sorry, yeah, because in my mind, you say CGI, in my mind, I was still on the same track of, like, I wonder how much the beer from Revenant cost. Right, I don't, I 
think it would be more along the lines of what they're doing with Lion King. Yeah. Um, but I think that you're right calling it too expensive, not because Disney don't have the money, but because they don't view Brother Bear as a property worth developing yeah. in that in that way. Anyway, um, I've already talked about that, so you can skip that. Um, apparently, one of the directors of the of the nineties Mulan was delighted when he heard that they were making changes and that it wasn't just going to be a scene for scene copy of yeah, their film. Been, that would have been bad. Yeah. Um, and then a lot of my notes here are about the um, production hell, so so we can skip those. Um, I want to talk about budget and box office for a second. They're almost inverse of each other, which is sad. Um, which is that Milan costs less <laughs> and made more money. Uh, so which Milan am I talking about? The animated. <laughs> so the Milan. animated Milan, the budget was ninety million dollars, and it made three hundred eighty-nine million dollars at box decent office. Decent paycheck. Uh, the budget of the live-action version... Was 300 million and made 90? <laughs> oh, no, the face um, you made. So they officially have said the budget was $200 million. Um, previous accounts had said it was 290 to $300 million, And then the box office was $70 million. But then that doesn't... See, this is a problem. This is a big problem. It doesn't this. account for streaming. It doesn't account for but streaming. But I, w- I would imagine that does account for... The bullshit where they... Pay, where they made pay, people pay extra yeah, specifically yeah. to watch that movie. Um, so it's... I want to talk about this because we've just recently cut our Disney Plus subscription. Um, every single year, folks, these keep going up. Yeah. Um, the fact that these big streaming services like Amazon Prime is putting ads in. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly... It gives a lot of, like, there's a joke about, you know, welcome to Netflix, you've been greenlit, how can I help you? Um, or, you know, just, like, them just producing whatever, like, you just go to them with, like, a garbage and they'd make it back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and the fact they're just churning out properties left, right, and center because they've got so much money. The problem is, is the more people that have been giving you money, and it's the fact that, like, Netflix was the big thing, and now we're sort of getting these everybody like Max, Prime, um, Apple TV, Paramount. No one's gonna pay um, several hundred dollars per month to pay all of these friggin' different things. Can I give a shout out to a streaming service? Sure. Um, Dropout TV. Never heard of it. They're the people who do Om Actually. Oh okay. Um, which we don't we don't have at the moment. We watch their their YouTube videos two years after they're released on their their own streaming service. Um, they recently like parodied Netflix by being like, "Hey, we've got new policies around account sharing. Um, if you could go ahead and share your password with as many people as possible, <laughs> that would be great." And then someone um asked them if they had like somewhere that they could pay extra to give them more money and they were like we'd prefer if you gave that to a charity or to you know, something else um and that's how it should be done rather than like policing the people who are already paying for your service like my parents for example have netflix they pay for netflix we use their netflix which is um, it's great because we yeah. get to use their netflix um my brother and their husband i almost said fiance i forgot Forgot for a second that they got married to like a year and a half ago. Um, they were using it and have been banned from, or you know, it's been because of the of the these like 
rules that have come in around around password sharing, even though like we were one family and we were sharing it under one household originally, um, they don't want you have to log in at the you know at the same location. Yeah. Um, but it also means that if my parents are elsewhere, they can't use their own Netflix. Yeah. When like. It's their Netflix. They pay for it. They yeah. pay a, a, not a, not an insignificant amount of money because they paid for enough that we could have five accounts on it. Use and and up to three users using it at once because you yeah. pay you know extra for that kind of shit. Um, and now like they're repeatedly being locked out of their own Netflix account based on location, which is stupid and it's just a way to alienate your own users yeah the the point i was going to make is is because of the fact that there are thousands well not thousands and being hyperbolic but there are getting more and more of these independent streaming services mm-hmm. people are going to pirate your shit again and netflix stopped that for a while because everything was available and if it wasn't you were just in the wrong country which is fair enough because the licensing issues but the fact that there's now 10 streaming services and most people can't afford $200 a month I'm, I'm thinking American mm-hmm. because that's the only prices I know you know international for yeah. products I don't pay for um, you know Apple blah 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 um, people are going to pirate again mm-hmm. and so the whole problem that we had in the beginning which was people not getting paid for the work they're doing mm-hmm just being impounded on because you people are being greedy bastards. Yeah. Again. And what led us to the... Like, people stopped... As soon as the internet came out, what did people start doing? What did Metallica get revolved around? Because people wanted to have music and not pay $30 for a friggin' CD back in But it's also 90s. like, you know, like, people buying music... And I'm, I'm not talking about, like, Spotify and shit. People buying music digitally. Yeah who then, or buying films digitally, who then get it removed from them because the service stops yeah. using it. And it's like, but I bought it. Yeah. It's not like I'm paying, I'm renting it. I bought that from yeah. you. So if you buy things and don't own them... Ha <laughs> Ubisoft. Yeah, but if you, literally, if you are, if, if companies are making you pay for things and saying that you're buying them, but then you do not own them, what is the purpose of buying them? Making them money. Yeah. It's gone. It's, there's no purpose yeah. in terms of being a consumer for buying something if you don't get to own it. And I mean, you know, we have a massive DVD Blu-ray collection and that's stuff that we physically own and they can't take back from us. Yeah. But this era where like so many things are, you're buying them and owning them digitally. Yeah. Um, and then the people that you've bought them from can just revoke them at any time. It makes no sense. It's ridiculous. It's... Anyway. Let's continue on with <laughs> I just had two more pieces of trivia that are related to each other, and this is why I went with the box office first. Um, and that is that this is the first live-action remake of a Disney animated feature that has been directed by a woman. Right. Um, our friend Nikki Caro from Wellington. Um, and as a result of that and the budget, Mulan 2020 is the most expensive film ever to be directed by a woman. Interesting. So there you go. That's a fun fact. And I did double check that that was up to date. And how I double checked that that was up to date was I googled the budget for Barbie. Because <laughs> I would have, if I, in my mind, if I heard most expensive film to be directed by a woman, I would have gone, well, that's Barbie. Uh, no, it's Mulan. 
She has not had a huge career either. Yeah, I know. I was having a look because that was I was I was wondering what else she'd done, and um, Whale Rider is really the only one that I'd heard of. Even though. oh look, the mother released on Netflix last year. Uh, I don't, I don't know. know. It's Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, Jennifer Lopez, not oh, Jennifer yeah. Lawrence. Because Jennifer Lawrence is in a movie called Mother. Yeah. Without the the before. Yeah. Um. So it's not that one. But yeah, so she's she's made a handful of films between ninety eight and now. But um, the most famous of which, by far, I think, is Whale Rider. Well, now is probably Mulan. Yeah. Mulan and then Whale Rider. <laughs> um. But yeah, she hasn't done a whole lot. Of other things, but uh, she, yeah, New Zealand female director, female writer and director. She's written some of the other. At least well, I'm, I'm glad that I'm, I'm glad because you know the the whole theme is about women's empowerment. So yeah, and I, there, I mean, I, there, I think there still were controversies around the fact that it's not a Chinese director. Um, Just pick one battle, guys. But yeah, um. I think it's still, you know, they it still is an achievement in itself that it, it is a, a movie about female empowerment that yeah. is directed by a woman. Well, um, I've already had my calls of action today in this episode. So thank you for listening to us ramble on about two movies that you may or may have not seen. Hmm. Come back for the next episode. We'll do the exact same thing and then go through a back catalogue where we do the exact same thing. Yay! Don't... Down, wrote, 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 uh, oh my god, don't, don't downrate us because you haven't seen the movies. That's not fair. That's on you, buddy. <laughs> <That's> on, <laughs> it's on you, buddy. It's only one, one, you're just remembering <laughs> one person two years ago or three years ago who did that. Um, who was like, I haven't listen- seen these movies. Three stars, what? yeah, yeah, three stars. I, I thought this was about Blade Runner, I haven't seen these ones. Um, your your options are go watch them first if that's important to you or don't listen to that episode or else listen to it and realize that you haven't seen the films mm. and it's up to it's up to you what you want to do we don't force you to listen to our episodes but we do appreciate it when you do we would if we could and we do appreciate feedback I'm a big guy I'm good with knots it's just that sometimes the feedback is you didn't do the movie I thought you were doing and I don't understand that feedback because I say everywhere what the movies are. I, I literally the, say it in the beginning of the episode. You say it at the beginning of the episode. Uh, it's in the show notes multiple times because I put it as the first line, <laughs> and I also put it put details of both movies further down. When I post on social media, I not only mention the movies, I also put pictures from the movies. Um, I don't know what more I can be doing to tell you what movies <laughs> we're talking about. Um, but in his defense, the title of that episode was based on the book that Blade Runner is based on. Um, for those people who don't do that, I appreciate every single one of you. Thank you for listening. Thanks, everyone. We love you. Catch you next time. Goodbye. <laughs>